G'day, Jamie Sauer here. Welcome to another edition of Power Hour with Sauer. This is where I catch up with some of the biggest names in rugby league. Today, I'm joined by the current Blues and Australian hooker, Damien Cook. Damien Cook, the current Blues and Australian hooker, joins uh, Power Hour with Sauer this week. Thanks for coming on, Cookie. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Let's get straight into it, mate. Uh, two Origin Series wins. Would you trade it in to win a grand final with South Sydney? Uh, to be honest, yeah, look, um, yeah, I probably would. Uh, that's, the, that's the feeling at the moment. I've been asked the other day, would you, how do you compare them? And I, I don't know how to, and, uh, because I haven't won a grand final. Um, but I believe, you know, you spend a lot of time obviously in camp for three games, but uh, with your, your club team, South Sydney, you, you know, you're there from you know, November 1 all the way through to uh, October 1. It's a lot of time, day in, day out, um, really bonding with those players, and it would be a real special moment to, to win a competition with that team. I'll take you back to last year because I was lucky enough uh, to do the sideline eye for that semi-final, the last game at the SFS, and I came out to interview you after the game had finished. To get so close and to have that such a, a great season, not only personally but as a team under Anthony Seabold, how did you respond from that in the off-season? What, what I know that drives you, but how did you change your game to be even better this year? Yes, I was pretty shattered after that game. And like you mentioned, I think because we had such a great year and we are so close to, um, you know, we had a real good opportunity to win the comp last year. And uh, to Roos's credit, they uh, had a great game plan for us and got it, got it over us that one and went on to win to uh, win the game. Uh, but this year, uh, with Wayne coming in, I feel like he's, I've, um, I, I nailed my game plan last year with Seeds and it was a very simple game plan with, um, you know, thinking run or pass and just take my opportunities and, uh, with Wayne, um, he's tried to add a little, little bit more to me, and obviously I've got a great forward pack, and he's allowed me to to have some more variety with those guys, especially close to the line, and we've got some great front rollers who are very hard to handle. So I think this year I've learnt that uh, not to do everything at 100 mile an hour, uh, really use my tempo to an advantage, and uh, you know use the big boys up and just try and get them one on one, trying to create some uh, a quick play the ball, uh, you know when the ruck's not in my favour. So last year was. It was all well and good when you get those quick play balls and you take your chances, but um, you know I've got to keep adding to my game, and I feel like I, you know, my game management and uh, you know, tempo of getting out of hooker and picking my times has improved this year. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I thought last year towards the back end, sides had started to figure when you were going to take off from dummy half and started pushing you sideways, and I think back to that semi-final and um, you know the, the rush of rush of execution and game management that you talk about. The Roosters really frustrated you into that. Um, you talk about the game management this year. What has Wayne Bennett uh, done to be able to push you out to second receiver sometimes? And how does Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds help you in doing that? Yes, yeah, so I think it, it comes down to us three really trusting each other to do each other uh, our job on the field. And, and at the moment, we've had some good games and bad games. And we feel like we're really doing a nice combination there, understanding what we're all about. And um, I think them allowing me to do my... Uh, my job with the forwards and if I can get that right it really puts them in a good position as well to do their part on the edge and uh, you know especially Cody Walker this year scoring some tries and some tries this as well and I think that's where we've benefited as well is last year was so left side dominant obviously we had Greggy there it was a great strong side and uh, played some really good footy but you know I feel like you know having Sam Burgess go to the edge this year uh, with Wayne putting him there and Cam the lock uh, really strengthened up our, that uh, left edge with uh, having Sam there and uh, being at one of the dominant sides as well, so it's a bit, 
uh, you know, sometimes I'm in the middle of the field and, you know, sometimes you don't know where to go, whether to go to Renault or to Cody, but that's obviously a, it's a good um, you know, problem to have. Let's go through your career, mate. You start at the Dragons 2013, you play two games, you play seven games for the Bulldogs, and then you've, you've stayed at South Sydney, 82 games now. A late bloomer, but you actually made your debut. We played, I played in your debut, mate. Run us back. What happened that week going into uh, your version of events, going into that first game? <laughs> Yeah, so I, um, you know, lucky enough to come back to the Cutters for 12 and then in the uh, pre-season with the Dragons. So I was lucky to have the, the Cutters there because I don't feel like I probably wasn't ready for first grade yet. So went through the right pathway there and, um, you know, training with that Dragon side, um, obviously know who was in the team and it was, uh, that was just a surreal moment really for myself coming through the grades and, um, and getting that call up for the debut game was, uh, you know, Pricey calling me into his office and um, let me know that I was playing it was a very special moment. I uh, had a good week of training um, and obviously had a, a lot of confidence from you put into me after the captain's run. I, uh, <laughs> you're very you're very vocal and uh, you know, made sure you, if I did anything wrong, you let me know. And um, But to be honest, I didn't know, think anything of it. You know, I just, uh, coming into grade, I respected all the team, the, the team that we had there and I just wanted to do my part. So if you wanted the ball and you are calling for it, I was, I was uh, too scared not to give it to you. So... Um, you know, and after, I remember after the game, there were uh, a couple of boys. Oh, don't worry about Sal. We, uh, you know, ripping into you there. You know, he's just, you know, trying to get best out of you. I was like, oh yeah, no worries, all good. So <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a, um, you know, I, I still remember all that, that that whole week of training and and those moments. And you know, Nightingale calling me that night as well, just to check in, just to see how I'm feeling before my debut. And um, you know, it was a very special week. It's funny you talk about that because I've shared that story and we had a laugh last year at the uh, the Blues dinner before the, the Origin series. And you think about, I mean, when I was coming through, Brett Finch, uh, I was sitting on the bench one time and Brett Finch actually, uh, Sticky had said, don't worry, Sarah, we'll get you on uh, just after half time." And, and Finchie actually yelled out, don't fix it if it ain't broke. So he's actually pasted me, but that was how I'd sort of been brought up through those hard times. So you get to your debut, and I'd been through all those tough times with the Dragons, and then you come through. But um, you've kicked on since then, mate. I'd like to say that I've had something to do with you, but I can guarantee I haven't. Um, <laughs> what uh, Looking back at your career, because I'll read out some of these names. Mitch Rain, Michael Ennis, Michael Leisha. Robbie Farrah and Cameron King. Now, all those guys at some stage in their career and your career are all ahead of you and considered a better hooker than you. Which one of those ones where you were behind did you think, right, I might have to just switch career here and give it up? Oh, look, the, the big reason I, I was obviously Illawarra Junior, um, and the reason I didn't stay at the Dragons for under-20s is because of Mitch Rain and Cameron King, and, and obviously, uh, you know, they've played a lot of first grade, so... Um, I respected their ability, I guess, and, and I said, I think I'm going to get more of a chance out of Penrith. So, uh, but going out there to get some more footy, uh, come back to the cutters, but obviously um, when I come back there, Mitch and Cam were still there, and, and uh, I, I got a couple of the two games there when either one was injured. So, uh, but when I went to the Dogs, I, I knew I was going there with Mick Ennis there. I actually was going there, I thought, as a fullback, and then Desi said, oh, I've already seen you play fullback, we'll just train you at hooker. Um, and that's why I've been stuck at hooker the rest of my career now. And, um, you know, I knew I'd, I'd had to learn everything off uh, Mick Ennis and watching him growing up. He was one of the players I love watching. So that's, uh, that was pretty cool to train alongside with him. After that season, though, you know, I thought I was, uh, you know, Leisha was coming to the club and they had uh, big rats on Leisha as well. And he, and he played some really good footy. And I thought I just wasn't going to, um, I was in reserve guy, I think, the second year. 
And I'd, uh, I just didn't... He was playing really good footy and I just thought, I'm, I'm not going to play any more NRL. That was it. I played seven games. I thought, I'm not going to get a chance this year unless he gets injured. And, and uh, I'm just going to concentrate on reserve grade. And, and that's when, um, you know, at least he got injured later in the year. And uh, luckily, it gave me a chance. And I played a few games in a row, which allowed me to uh, play some good footy, which got me the deal at South Sydney. So you go to South Sydney and then they instantly sign Robbie Farrar. You, you stuck behind Robbie Farrar. Initially, you would think that. I mean, knowing what Robbie's done in the game and you know, I guess the decorated career that he's had. But Anthony Seabold makes the decision to go with you at hooker. Is that the moment that you, you announced yourself? Because I look, I'm look, i looking down the, a list of achievements here and I'll just quickly read them out. You talk about State of Origin, two series wins, George Piggins medal, which is the South Sydney best and fairest, Dallium Hooker of the Year, World 13, State of Origin Merit Team, Dream Team, Proven Summons, uh, People's Choice Award, the World All-Stars. That's all in the last two years. Yeah, well, it's, um, yeah, you didn't know you were that good, did you? <laughs> I haven't, um, you know, it was a hard one because I never got, a, I didn't get much of a chance to go back on last year. Um, I did a little bit uh, at the end of the season, but you know, the next season comes around so fast. And I had a wedding on the end of last year as well, so one thing after another last year. And um, but look, when um, you know, I was battling out with Cam McKinnis, and obviously he's playing some great footy down the Dragons and. I knew when they were starting to get Robbie, the rumours were starting to get uh, stronger. And, you know, one of us knew we sort of had to get out, like, because yeah. we just weren't going to have three of us there. And were you, sorry, were you yeah. close getting out there, Cookie, out of, out of the Rabbitohs? Yeah, so when uh, Robbie come there, we, we knew he wasn't coming there to play reserve. And, you know, you know his, dec- uh, his career he's had a well-respected career that he was the main number nine there. So one of us had to leave. And, uh, you know, we sort of almost... Um, you know, Sharp was an opportunity. As could have, you know, we um, could have met. We could have uh, moved over the Sharks. Um, then out of nowhere, I didn't really know that uh, Cam was sort of uh, looking as well. And, and then he um, ended up saying he's going to the Dragon. So, uh, you know, and obviously we're a bit, both a bit worried with Robbie coming. Obviously, because we respected how good his uh, a hooker he is, and uh, we both thought we were going to get a better chance getting out of there. But you know, I'm glad I stayed there. With Robbie coming to the club. Um, and everything he's done as a hooker as well, training alongside him and, and matching him in certain areas of the game and, and like even or just competing against him in fitness. That healthy competition was, uh, I believe, gave me a lot of confidence as well, um, you know, especially going into that season when, uh, when Steve gave me the job from round one. Yeah, but when was the moment, Cookie? Because like you said, you make your debut back in 2013. 2017, you start to get the job. 2018, you turn into the best player in the world or one of the best players in the world. When's that moment that it clicks and you have that feeling that you're invincible and that you are going to go out there and dominate games? Um, I felt like um, through 17, halfway through 17, going, um, you know, so changing roles, starting and not starting with Robbie and that, I, I really felt like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a starting hooker and I can play the 80. Um, but then when I got that job, I think uh, at the start of 2018, um, it was almost like um, he's, given, he's given me the job early and, and I sort of started to not question myself, but, uh, you know, I was nervous starting that first game. I'd been given the job for the first time in, in my career to, to be the main hooker here and he, and he made sure I knew that I was. And um, I think just starting to play some footy, back-to-back uh, footy, 80 minutes, I just the confidence started to get... Um, to grow and you know the team we had at the moment um i just knew i had to you know take my opportunities with the with the big forward pack that we had so a couple of weeks in the um you know, a couple of rounds in the 2018 i sort of 
realise, you know, I do belong here and I can I can play here at, at a good level week in, week out. And um, I was lucky that I've got a really good team around me at South Sydney that uh, allowed, me, allowed my simple, you know, game plan that I had last year to do that week in, week out. You talk about last year coming so close. Wayne Bennett comes to the club in 2019. What's the first thing Wayne said to you? Uh, to me, uh, you know, I think I come back to a certain training session. Um, he said, good to have you back. And that was sort of the first real thing he sort of said to me and um, sort of broke the ice a little bit because I'd only spoken to him on the phone. Uh, but, you know, he sort of... It was a bit weird going out with him on the field, uh, his presence and just knowing what he's what he's done in the game. I was, um, you know, I was, I was a little bit sort of nervous to be around him. Uh, I think at the start. Yes. Um, but you know, once you obviously get to know him, you realise that the man is. He, he just cares about his players. He, he loves his players and, and he loves to joke around as well. So I think the team gets a lot of confidence around um, wanting to win the game, wanting to play good for him and not let him down. Um, because of how much he actually does care about the people off the field. And I think that's the big one. He generally cares about what you're doing away from footy to make sure, you know, you, you, in the short career that we have, we're looking after our, you know, our finances, whether we're, if we've invested in something or made a right purchase to make sure you ask questions, make sure you're doing the right things and set yourself up so you're looking after yourself for life after footy. And I think that care, care factor away from footy is why... Um, you know, he's had so much success on the field. You talk about that care factor. Now, you were off contract and you had a chance. The Knights were looking at you and the Brisbane Broncos, your old coach, Anthony Seabolt, came knocking. When you sat down and you talked to your wife, Courtney, what was the main factors? I mean, I know you, you end up signing a five-year extension with the South Sydney side, but were you close to going to Brisbane? Did you want to look at Newcastle? Did you think that you could go there and, and be a part of something special or was it always South? Um, yeah, to be honest, in the end, it was always South. Uh, with Seeds and Brisbane, there was no negotiating between the clubs or anything. Right. Me and Seeds actually just had a chat, and he said, um, you know, like, we, he said, you know, I'd love to coach him. We both knew that, you know, the home, him was, uh, Brisbane was home for him, and he knew that South Sydney was home for me, and, and we, that's where it stopped. We just said, look, I, I want to, I'm going to be here next year, and he's going there. So that was all it was. So it was a, um, you know, we, I've got a lot of respect for Steve after um, you know, putting the, the confidence in me he did last year and, and helping me along last year of the season uh, of 2018. So, so there was, when I come back to, obviously, especially doing the long-term deal, which I'm very grateful South for, but they're the team that suits me the most, I believe. Um, they're the team that suits my style, especially uh, with Renault and Cody. I've really built up a nice combination, I believe, with those guys and and the forward pack we have, uh, you know, big, fast, and they got, um, you know, great ball playing skills as well. And and that's what I, you know, I wanted to make sure I went to a team or you know that suited me as well. So so that's why South was always you know always the option for me. Uh, but you know, did respect uh, you know things received that you know we had a great um, you know relationship. Uh, but that's just where it stopped there. Have you always wanted to stay in league? Because there was a bit of talk that the Brumbies were sniffing around, possibly <laughs> trying to get you down to the nation's capital. Was that just all talk to try and drive the, the price up? I think, I think it was... Um, I remember it was more something to do with schoolboys. I, I never played any representative footy like uh, for rugby league, but um, managed to sit outside Tyson Brazil's and inside, he was inside centre, I was outside centre, and he was just feed me tries um, all the way through. We end up playing, uh, you know, making the Australian, Australian A teams together. And I think 
that's where the interest of rugby came. But you know, to be honest, that was uh, it was never going to be an option for me. I think I was always um, always wanted to play rugby league. Um, you know, I wanted to play in the NRL, so yeah, it was never an option. A question uh, coming to the NRL.com offices to, to record this this afternoon, and the question everyone wants to know where you get your speed from. But I'm, I've been told I can't bring up where you, you trained your speed. But if you had to put it down to your mum or your dad, who are you giving more credit to? Um, I think mum. I think mum was the one with the speed, I think. Right. Um, go back to the old surf club days, which gets brought up all the time. So that's probably what you got told not to bring up. Well, that's, that's I get fined, yeah. actually, if I bring that up. So Yeah, so um, dad was in the boat. And the march pass, so I think I don't know if there's much speed there. <laughs> so, and he was a goalkeeper in soccer, so um, yeah, I'm not sure how much he actually needed his speed. So I think, I think I'm pretty sure it was mum that uh, that side of the family the speed comes from. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, I want to talk about Origin because you've been pretty lucky when you think about coming into full time first grade. I know you you debuted uh, many years ago, but full time first grade, you've had Anthony Seabold, you get to a semi final, then you have Wayne Bennett. But the last two years have had Brad Fittler. Take us into the, behind the curtains, into that inner sanctum of the New South Wales Blues and the culture that you guys have been able to capture a whole state with. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to be honest, it's all credit to, to Brad and the staff and the culture they created. And last year, obviously, bringing 11 debutants in. Um, we are all fresh new faces to Origin. We'd obviously watched it as a, as a fan growing up. Um, but actually, being in camps, you had what he wanted to do. So everyone talks about, you know, we had the, the yoga, the earthing, uh, walking around barefoot. And do you still do that when you're not at Blues or do you get laughed at or what's the go? No, you know, sometimes after a training session at South, you might just take your boots off to walk off. It's a, it was a weird, uh, I think, gave you a weird feeling when you you took your shoes off, uh, especially in Origin Camp. It gave you this feeling of, you, you remembered when you were playing footy when you were a young kid, just yeah. running around barefoot, uh, playing backyard footy. So it helped you um, you remember why you play the game because you love it and it's what you've done since you were a young kid. So um, I think you know we um, with the, all the eleven new debutants coming in and had some players there that uh, you know like Brazil, Cordner, Jake Javoyevich, um that have, have played the game before. It had a, a good mix of experience and leadership from those guys and uh, the eleven guys coming in. They're just so so excited to be able to have the opportunity to play, which. A, a lot of us might not have thought would have happened um, as soon as it did as well. So uh, I think the way we came together as a group uh, in that short period is what really amazed me and what I tell people as well is there was general, uh, had a really good bond as a group in the short time and we really wanted to play for each other and, and that's what Brad, um, he did as well. Make sure you go back to your club teams and you play, make sure you're one of the best players back there and you do what your team needs you to do and you're doing all the effort areas and the small things that your team needs. Um, so I think that's how he built his culture and people wanted to play for each other on the field and, and look after their mate is is uh, what it was all about. And, um, you know, so that's, I feel like that's a big reason why we, you know, on the field we, you know, we definitely showed that, especially in our defence in the origin tiers. When you went into camp, mate, obviously you didn't know everyone or you may have known everyone uh, that went into camp, but who was the one guy that surprised you that you weren't real sure you know, whether you'd like his personality or get along with his personality, but certainly surprised you when you sat down and, and bonded with him. Yeah, so it was, um, for the first year, I remember I sort of knew Tyrone Peachy a little bit, but he came in just that excited, hugging everyone. And <laughs> that sort of, and it just showed how excited everyone really was and uh, to play. In the second year, when um, Jack White come in, and actually um, Paul Vaughan ended up telling him what I said. And um, 
I think you took it the wrong way, but I was like, oh, I'm really surprised with Jack White. I actually, actually love him, eh? He's one of my favourite blokes here. You get, <laughs> get along with him really well. He's a great bloke. So, um, yeah, so I wasn't sure what my opinion, but I'd never met him before. Yeah. Um, plays tough on the field. So you just, I'd never really spoken to him outside of footy, but, mate, um, he's a legend and definitely one of my favourites. I think you can. I think back. Tim Manor actually said the same thing. He goes, "I had no idea what to think of you. I actually thought you were a bit of a, a carry on." And I, and you say it to his face, and then all of a sudden you're like, "No, nah, but I actually think you're okay." And you're like, "Well, thanks, because I have to play alongside you next yeah. week." But you can see the guy, the bond that you guys had. Now I want to fast forward you or rewind you actually to game three. You you make the break. I'm actually sitting down the southern end or the northern end when you run. Why didn't you just run around him straight away? Why were you looking for support? You're the fastest man in the world. Well, I didn't think I was. Like I knew if I ever got a break, I was just like, I'm going to have a crack and try and score here because you know. Um, and I remember, I sort of took one step off the right, and then yes. I, I was going to try and get him under the post. And then when I went back off the left, I was like, you just didn't move, uh, Munster. And I was like, Shit, so I have to go again. Um, that was the <laughs> idea to sort of get under the post and score a try with the Blatchy Blues there, but. Um, had to take that little extra one, but you know, lucky I, lucky I got over the line because I would have been blasted for um, the, the boys in support behind me that I could have just passed to. But um, when I see an opportunity to score a try, I don't get across the try line much. Um, I've got to take them. Mate, I've got goosebumps. Honestly, I was cheering. I was down that end, and you took off and. I spilt my drinks all over my shoes because I was that excited. Because I, I didn't win a series in 2011, and and we played in that that run of 14 out of 15 or whatever the Queenslanders did. But what Brad Fittler's done with you guys the last two years, I think the state's never been more invested and more in love with its New South Wales side than it has the last two years. So you, you all deserve a huge rap. But you bring up your try-scoring record. Now, perception out there for, for people that do play fantasy is Damien Cookie. He scores millions of points. But, mate, what's doing with the tries? You've only scored 12 tries in 91 games. I know. It's... Um... Because yeah, I, I mean, you you would you're that quick. You, everyone thinks that you would score, you know, probably ten a year at least. There's just some really good fullbacks back there. They're just you know, he's speaking <laughs> all the fullbacks. Like, you know, face it, they're not too bad on this. Yeah, they're pretty quick too. So, um, but look, I, I I get more enjoyment I think out of putting one of the front rows over the try line. Yep. I, I lo- love it so, and it's it's been good this year. Just um, you know, especially trying to get the big Tommy Burgess. So, you know, Sam finds the line pretty well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Tommy Burgess, Junior, Tola and all that. Um, we get a lot of excitement out of scoring tries in the middle because sometimes it's all the backs that get all the joy. So, uh, but I definitely, if I, I think I've got to, if I get an open space, I try and um, back myself a little bit more because, you know, you know, Robbie, uh, let it know, he, he's got the try scoring record for a hooker. Um, right. I think, I think I'm going to have to play 700 games if I'm going to have to catch him at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lotting along, mate. Uh, you've also got seven goals. Where are you in the goal kicking ranks at South Sydney? Are you how far behind Gagai are you? Uh, yeah, seven for mate. Yeah, uh, so great I, percentage I rate. I'm well aware, and I've got to try and slot in another 23 goals from in front because uh, I think you got to register. I think 30 goals, isn't it, to have a percentage? Yes, you do. And so if I can do that in my career, I'd be very happy with that. Um, but I think Gag rates himself very highly. He does. Um, Ethan, Ethan Lowe's... Um, oh, yes. You know, yeah. What he done in origin, I think he's got the jump, and Wayne let him know he's got the jump as well. But me and Gags do a kickoff every captain's run, and we do it in a sort of uh, basketball final series sort of thing, best of seven. Right. And I've won the first three series pretty pretty easily, and uh, we've got to decide to come in this week's 
He needs to pull back one of the series on me, so it's currently three nil. Uh, oh. so I think I've got him. Uh, I think I might be third string at the moment. I'm selling. I'm smelling sweep there. Um, I want to talk about. You spoke about Wayne Bennett and, and investments off the field, mate. Give you give your business a plug. It's at Cane Bar Liqueur. How do we get up there? And uh, Zach Bailey and I want to come in for an eyebrow wax. Do you do those? Yeah, yeah. Zach could really benefit from that. I think. <laughs> uh, He's, uh, I reckon he's a good-looking lad. He needs to get himself in front of the camera more, I think. I'm um, actually out the front of it now. It's um, We're getting exciting stuff. It gives me a good little uh, distraction away from footy. Uh, make sure I'm freshening up my mind, uh, You know, going back into training. Uh, but obviously a place for me to go do my recovery as well. Um, you know, and we're just getting you know, a few things happening at the moment. I've got the IV drips going in there this weekend as well. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there, mainly my stuff, just all the sports recovery stuff like the sauna, the the float, the boots, and the cryos. So whenever you two want to come down, mate, we'd love to have you. Mate, uh, IV drips, I might be using you in the off-season, mate. Now that I'm retired, there's not much training going on for recovery, but IV drips, I could use one of those. Mate, they've been very popular at the moment in the Shire. There's, people don't mind a drink out here. So they're looking for us <laughs> what time we're open Sunday morning. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be a popular one out here. Mate, I'm over at Heathcote now. I'll certainly pop over. Now, you're also a part of FAST. You write FAST on your wrist. It stands for yeah. Foundation of Angel Man Syndrome Therapeutics. Run us through that, mate. Yes, yeah, so I got involved with that. Um, you know, a few, a few, actually, I think the first year I started at South, um, with Frank, uh, Frank Karakogia and his little son, Jacob, who has it. So that's how I, I met him and got involved. And so far, you know, we've had Curtis Rota, Rona as well, jump on board and see Oliola. He's probably one of the best at it. Um, he's doing some great stuff for Fast. And all it is about just promoting um, the, the Angelman Syndrome and, and trying to raise, uh, raise awareness and, and some funds as well. They've got some... Uh, yeah, good things in the pipeline, what's happening, uh, stem cell research happening up in uh, possibly, I think, Gold Coast area, and um, that's a good step in the right direction that they're, they're on the way to finding a cure, which there's a lot of diseases out there that don't have a cure, so if we can, uh, you know, find one for this, uh, and, you know, we can uh, find a way to fix this, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be great, so, but, you know, at the moment, it's all about just uh, creating awareness of, of it, because it's not a well-known one, but it, uh, it is out there. Let us know if you need a hand with anything there, mate. I'd be love to be able to jump on board. We're going to finish with this uh, real quickly. What was your first car? First car was a Honda Accord station wagon and, and blew the head gasket coming back up um, Mount Oosley. Uh, didn't handle it. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Well, I was carrying, uh, I had my um, a coffee table that I made from a uh, year 12 uh, for a woodwork project. Yeah. And I just couldn't handle the weight. Uh, coming back up now, Newsy, blew the head gasket. Had to keep pulling over on the way home, fill it up with water every five minutes. So, um, yeah, we're going all right now. What all about right. your? Uh, who was your hero, mate? Growing up, hero growing up. Um, yeah, probably I was a night supporter growing up. So you know, uh, you know, I had Chief Harrigan. Um, I still remember, you know, Andrew Johns and Danny Bedieris, Robbie O'Davis. I still remember one of my first early memories is uh, my cousin taking me out to Marathon Stadium then. And um, back then, it was so much easier to get into the, the sheds. And I remember just you know, walking up to him and getting his autograph in Chief's book. So it, um, you know, it was a pretty special moment. And uh, yeah, but I was a night supporter. So I'd have to say those guys up there. And we'll finish with this one, mate. Who, uh, who's the biggest punish at Christmas, you or John Green? John, when he, uh, the family's getting too big now. We all have to have separate Christmases. But um, <laughs> John Green, of course, played for Bulldog Sharks and Dragons for those guys, uh, those listeners out there that didn't know, and he's the cousin of Damien Cook. 
Yeah, no, but uh, you know, when we used to, I remember younger, we used to have, yeah, to like, we'd have a full proper test match in the backyard, and you know, there's enough kids there to, to play, you know, eleven aside proper games. So it was great growing up with all the cousins, but um, we've all got our own little families now, so we hardly see each other. But I'm going up to Brisbane in a couple of weeks, so I might be able to catch up with them. No worries, mate. Thanks for joining Power Hour Sour. Good luck expecting your first child in November as well. We wish you all the best. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Hour with Sour. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. We'll be back next week.